0: Live from Dawson City, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Hello, Tim. It's, uh, cold here. Yes,
1: I don't know what the podcast is thinking bringing us in the middle of June. No, I'm enjoying the sunlight and the warmth and now I'm in furs and... None of these buildings have central heating. No, everything's a little old-timey here. Uh, Like, like not just like fake old-timey. I feel like we're actually back in time. Like, there's lots of whiskers and petticoats. I I guess
0: that is a thing a podcast does, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we've we've gone back in time before. It's true. We really it's should
0: true. use that more often for just for our own advantage.
1: <laughs> I don't know if the podcast would cooperate with
0: that. Yeah. Well, probably
1: not. Uh, I feel like that's using our its power to uh, selfish ends or something.
0: Yeah, they probably wouldn't like that. With great podcast power comes great podcast responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think maybe we should go into one of these taverns or something and warm up a little bit. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Maybe we could play one of those like a little uh, play some cards or
1: one of those cup games. I think that, yeah. I mean, sure, I look like some of these guys have money. Could be. This seems like it's a pretty thriving town. A lot of bobsleds going back and forth and it's, good I commerce. feel like
0: Yukon uh, Cornelius would love it here. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd probably feel right at home. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's get inside and we'll, we'll, we'll start this thing. Okay. So, Tim, um, while we're getting ready, what's new in your life?
1: Oh, you know, since see, since last time we recorded, we've had Memorial Day, That's and true. Um, I got engaged. Hey, congratulations! Thank you. I think there's a drink on the house for you here. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, do we have to go upstairs? A <laughs> <laughs> drink on I the just, house? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank okay. you. I should have caught that Muppet <laughs> Master. <laughs> but thank you. Yes, since we last recorded in early May, Janelle came over, and it had been the first time we had gotten to see each other. Um, since the whole quarantine went down. Love in the time of quarantine. (laughs) Something like that. And uh, I was like, you know what, it's... So we want to be together, so we might as well make this official. And nice. so I had just one question, and and she said yes to it, quite emphatically too. I might say. So she she knows you time travel
0: occasionally, right?
1: Yeah, she listens to the podcast. Okay. She's a fan. We good. might uh, we might hear something from
0: her later on in the show.
1: Oh, good. All right then. So, but how about you? Is there anything new in your neck of the woods?
0: Nothing. No. Okay. So I am gonna in this next. Uh, school year start teaching English language arts at middle school level at uh, St. John, where I went to school and where I go to church. Mm-hmm. And so, you've yeah. you've done some teaching in the past. Uh, I know if you listen to our old podcast, I probably talk about writing, being a writing teacher, and I that was more like a step-in gig sort of thing, like come and do a couple hours. But this is like I'm well, legit part time, part time, part time. <laughs> yeah, sixth grade homeroom uh, ELA middle school. So and yeah, so you, it should be interesting. You excited? I am. You Excited? Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I could say the same thing. <laughs> we are exactly have the same emotions for completely different reasons. <laughs> yeah, different shades of emotions yeah. there. I think so. May, maybe being out in this bitter cold will smack some sense into us. <laughs> get us back on our feet and get yes. us a man up. Man up. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tim. First up is Story School. So, Tim, last time we talked about nature, mm-hmm. and I had recently read Call of the Wild, which I had read, I guess, probably in middle school and reread. And it got me thinking about how um, civilization or, and nature influence people, characters. For instance, I mean, to use an obvious example with Call of the Wild, the whole theme of the book is that Buck, this dog, was hanging out in California, just living a nice, cushy life. He's kidnapped taken to the up north and then he kind of learns to be more wild more wolfish and eventually becomes the leader of this wolf clan up in somewhere in the wilds and kills lots of indians and stuff like that anyways the idea of the call of the wild is that nature in that case made him wilder made him more savage or Mm. more more himself because he's a dog right but then I got to think. There's a lot of places in literature and movies where both ways, both nature is used to influence the person—some of the bad, some of the good—or civilization comes in and changes our characters. I thought it wasn't something I'd never thought much about and thought, hey, maybe we should talk about it on the podcast. And it might be a nice follow-up. So kind of as a
1: comparison, last time we talked about nature in in terms of descriptions, getting you a feel for the atmosphere in a natural setting. Whereas in here, we're kind of jumping from that into kind of an exploration of what is the relationship between nature, the wild, and human Human civilization. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So I guess we'll start with one, is that I think in many books, nature is a savage influence. Silly example, you know, we mention loss occasionally, um, but yeah. Claire gets stranded on the island. She, we come back, and she's crazy squirrel Claire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she just, you know, she's all crazy and half mad, and...
1: It's the experience in nature that makes that brings out the animal, the that an, becomes yeah. more animalistic. You know what? I was thinking when you are talking about Call of the Wild, I remember seeing... I guess it was a TV special, but I don't know if you remember Charlie Brown They used to do like these TV special books that were basically just oh. would take some pictures from the special in yes. and, and a book form. Well, there, there was one where Snoopy had a nightmare about, being in a call of the wild situation <laughs> and and as a kid i remember looking through it's like it was actually kind of disturbing to see snoopy go feral go feral yeah i never i don't remember if i ever saw the actual cartoon but it's it was surprisingly dark like you know he had to fight for his food and all this stuff and i think it winds up ending like in a tragedy even like in the bob said wide up like going across ice and and the ice cracks under them, and it, as he's like sinking in the waters, when Snoopy wakes up and is scared and goes into the house and basically sleeps in bed with Charlie Brown. Oh, okay, fun. <laughs> and it was interesting, but it was like, it just kind of ended with that. It was like, well, that was weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't. I don't think I knew at the time what it was a reference yeah. to. Yeah, but yeah, there's interesting things about seeing someone taken from humble circumstances and main more, you know, there's certain stories where that's a good thing. And in Snoopy's case, it was kind of a disturbing thing, at least for kid Timothy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I think you can go both ways, but with the, you know, with the, you know the more wild influence, you know, even in like fairy tales. So there's that musical Into the Woods, which I don't like much. Yeah. But uh, I think we've mentioned that, but you know, that whole idea is that the woods is the uncivilized the where weird things happen you know there's towns safe the woods isn't it's a place where you you're stripped from some of your safety nets and i think sometimes i don't know this for sure but it seems to me especially like late 1800s early 1900s where there started to be this big difference between the civilized mm. world and like the unexplored you know whether it's into the Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad in Africa or, you know, calling the wild and the Yukon uh-huh. or other places where there started to be this, this sense of like, and you had this sense of Darwinism go- coming in sometimes in books mm-hmm. where suddenly the wild was, you know, primal nature. You got Lord of the Flies where the kids go there and they become savages, literally. Uh-huh. And um, you can tell me better. I, wa- I watched uh, Treasure Plant the other a couple of weeks ago with my kids and Ben the Robot. <laughs> was crazy, which I assume is the same thing in the book. It's been a long time. Oh yeah, Ben Gunn. Oh yeah, no, yeah.
1: he's 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 definitely. Nuts, nuts, after having been uh, marooned for so and, long. And
0: again, and that's the same thing that, you know, kind of struggle with... Um, Less so much the Muppet version of Treasure Island. <laughs> what is, I forget
1: what's... Well, Miss Piggy is Benjamina Gun, <laughs> and she basically just becomes the queen over uh, a tribe of feral pigs. Okay. And complete Miss Piggy style. <laughs>
0: that, that sounds about right. I do remember that vaguely now. And you know what? This is interesting to me. I think sometimes this same idea has been modernized as sort of like moving out of civilization to our more primal selves in some of these dystopians. Oh, that's an interesting parallel. Where suddenly people become, there's always that quote, like, we still got to be human Mm. um, when they're, you know, suddenly they're living in... Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. There's nothing, you know, necessarily surprising about this thing. But I think it's an interesting commentary on what civilization provides for characters. Hmm.
1: Yeah, in the um in the stories where it's it's better for where the character winds up going to the wild it becomes better for it. Like I keep thinking of this nineties movie called Shipwrecked.
0: Oh I think I've seen that.
1: Where is I think it's a kid from the Swiss Alps who you can't quite uh defend himself and then he gets shipwrecked on an island and basically winds up like rigging it up Swiss Family Robinson slash Home yeah. Alone style to fight off pirates. And And you definitely get the sense of like, he's a better person for having gone
0: through this wild experience. Okay, let's go to the good side. because there, there are a number of books like that or movies where the wild makes you... Better that somehow civilization had um, Hurt you mm-hmm. Like Swiss so Franklin Robinson's the same way I mean at the end he's like They think about going back They're like no this is better than where we were going uh-huh. You know and they make a new colony basically
1: mm. <laughs> Although, I mean, that's also a story where they're very much taming the wilderness
0: around them. Well, that's true. And Rob Scrooge the Crusoe, same way. I mean, the entire book is basically like, I'm going to make this as civilized as one man can make an island <laughs> with as much stuff that I can get off the ship as possible. I mean, I, I had started reading that, and I haven't got through it yet. But, you know, he's playing a garden. He's domesticating goats. I mean, it's like playing Harvest Moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It it had occurred to me to maybe look for an Animal
1: Crossing uh, <laughs> song for a soundtrack later on, which I didn't. But
0: <laughs> and you know we do have this impulse that some you have you have a bunch of stories where the good ending for the protagonist is to get away from the city and live on a farm by himself, mm-hmm. or like it's the Picard in no no the.
1: I think it was wasn't was in, gener- in
0: generation oh, then also in gen- it's not in generations. In, who, is there that like a, generations? I thought there.
1: Well, I'm I'm not a Trekkie, and this yeah. will show Nathan can correct us. But I thought I remember that there was some episode where he wound up getting marooned on a planet for a while yeah. and wound up spending years as a farmer or something. And I think they played off of that with Picard, where he's a yeah. I think he like
0: had the vineyard or something. Vineyard or yeah. Something like that. I haven't seen it, but I think that's how he starts. Yeah. So you have this sort of idyllic Eden like sense of nature is back to our true selves. Mm -hmm. Nature is away from all the corrupting influence of civilization. So you have these two very interesting dichotomies. Well, Well, I think there's even like, if you think
1: about it, and I hadn't thought about this till just now, there's almost like a spectrum between these things. You Like, on the one hand, you have Crazy Claire, who's yeah. isolated alone, just goes out of her mind. Yeah. Um, then you have, somewhere in the middle is where I would put Shipwrecked, where it's like the story of, it's almost like a boy coming of age kind mm-hmm. of story. Hatchet. H- hatchet, yeah, that's a good example. Uh, My Side of the Mountain, which is about a boy who runs away from home and basically lives on his own. And it's very much like, he's got some trappings. He, he's not lost his mind, he's made... These are characters who have made nature their own, but they're not going so
0: far as to, like,
1: domesticate
0: it. So, so in some ways, in that middle ground, nature is a purifying force yeah. in some ways. Yeah. A, a, a maturing. A maturing form. aspect,
1: yeah. You learn to fend for yourself if you were used to, like, depending on your parents yeah. or someone else. And in the process, you become deeper and wiser and stuff. And then on the other end of... Of uh, living out in the wilderness is complete
0: mastery over your domain. (laughs) Yeah, but you're by yourself is like, it's like the, you know, I guess there's some movements like Back to Nature where it's not just, hey, we should have more locally sourced food, but like we should abandon cities altogether and just Mm -hmm. live one with like off the grid and everything like that, which I think is, I think there are benefits. I think it's an awful lot of things you don't think about that civilization brings. Yeah. Or can be. Yeah, I mean that's a very isolationist, yeah, choice to make. But the flip side of all this, these are all like, you look, know, nature, you know, makes you your worse self, a better self is Eden on Earth. I guess let's stop before I do anything else. I guess from a Christian point of view, I think those are all interesting stories. Oh, sure. And I think they're all true to a certain extent.
1: They can all be true. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's notable. Robinson Crusoe, for example. If I remember right, it's been a long time since I read it, but I think part of the reason why he's able to develop and flourish as he was, because doesn't he become a better Christian as a process yeah,
0: of... Basically, he wasn't really one at all. I mean, he basically converts on the island after he crashes, and then he starts depend- seeing providence in the provision of, like, his the de- seeds and stuff. Yeah, his dependence on God is mm-hmm.
1: really, you know, helps him maintain his sanity and really helps... Depending on God helps him flourish,
0: and it's—I mean, his is kind of you know when we did Eden like his is kind of like, hey, go and tend the garden. I mean, it's mm. basically the Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point from what I know of it. Uh-huh. Obviously, in the fallen world, you got the whole long club and fang you know nature red and tooth sort of Mm -hmm. version yeah and which and again with a Darwinist point of view that's even more heightened sometimes and we've been picking on Claire but to be fair being alone on that island would drive (laughs) a lot of people crazy we we, we can we get the French lady too she's crazy (laughs)
1: that's true Russo didn't fare much better (laughs) I forgot Claire kind
0: of became a second Russo yeah and then obviously you know we have this sort of you know new heavens new earth where we'll be more in tune with nature hmm Way down the road. Uh, way down. And again, that's a future story. But you know, we do have some sort of, rom- we, you know, there's different levels of romanticizing yeah. nature, you know. So, but the flip side of this is how we view civilization mm. in books. How, do, you know, how does the city, the society, again, sometimes in this dystopian society is the, the thing that's broken. You want to get away from, you want to escape from mm-hmm. the capital. Mm-hmm. You know, the capital is, a, is the source of evil,
1: or in um, the Divergent series, it seemed always seemed to me the people that were the happiest were the farmers. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the people that were living inside the the streets of what used to be
0: Chicago. And it seems like if civilization is a bad thing, then you, you're—I mean, in some of these books, what the source of problems is not people, it's some part of the system sometimes.
1: Corruption of some corruption, sort. Some
0: sort of corruption that society has either weakened us or— being controlling you or you have no freedom the morals have deteriorated the there's no justice
1: in the system of some sort or it's just a simple fact of uh, i guess in some ways you could say it being lost in our own vanities mm-hmm. pride or, or like what vanity fair in um pilgrim's progress yeah yeah true something like that where part of the capitals being terrible in hunger games is Obviously, the fact that they're oppressing everyone else,
0: but also that they're so decadent on the mm-hmm. inside that they have no they they have lost sense of right and wrong. So there is a sense that sometimes that decadence and civilization go together in mm-hmm. some in some story, and it and it works real. And it means a really powerful image because I think intuitively, in the same way that we feel like there's something about nature that's good that we should get back to, I think intuitively we think there's something about wrong with the world we're living in that we need to get away from, mm-hmm. and it's easy to place it on decadent society, which is. At least partly true.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's partly true. It it can go too far sometimes and on nature's end of things. Yep. Avatar with the blue, James Cameron's avatar with the blue people, uh, definitely is on the side of, oh, nature is excellence. Humans are bad. Mm -hmm. Military bad. Bad. Yeah. It's very blank strokes there. I
0: suppose, I suppose, I mean, not to defend Avatar necessarily, but in a book or a movie, you're really going to be able to show all the angles of. Some of these complicated things, you'll probably pick one or the other to lean into. One view of nature,
1: uh, somewhat. I mean, I think the one the movie that I could think of that does that strikes the best balance between the human civilization and nature is, this is Miyazaki. It is Princess Mononoke. <laughs> yes, and I did not even realize this the first couple of times I watched it. I probably said this on the podcast before, but I think because we're so accustomed with movies to seeing things one side or the other, yeah that it's very easy the first couple times you watch it to completely dismiss the good that the humans are doing the, the balance that's there. yeah because like all you see is like well they're clearly like corrupting nature that we, we've yeah. seen in hundreds of movies before yeah okay, that's it, an exaggeration but you know in, and not much one <laughs> in plenty of movies before Happy feet
2: yeah
1: or uh Ferngully Ferngully that's what I was thinking <laughs> or Pocahontas I mean even if I haven't seen some of these I know secondhand this is what they're about and, yeah. or you get it from plenty of other cartoons and so that's what, kind of what you expect. But then I remember on, on later watches, it was like, but she's taking care of lepers and former mm-hmm. prostitutes. This is not the sort of thing like a villainous does.
0: And that's the real tension of the real world. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, people want to declaim society. We've made massive progress in life expectancy and, mm-hmm. and health and all kinds of things that comes from civilization.
1: I mean, it's... It's very easy, to, you can point this at America, it's very easy to look at all the problems that we're having in America today, and it, we do have tons of problems, yeah. obviously. But when you compare that to the rest of the world, you're like, well, hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there are obviously good things that Western civilization has made mm-hmm. um, that has helped humankind, and, but we're a complicated species, yes. for sure.
0: <laughs> so, related to all this, and kind of a special case is the kind of the theme of the noble savage, the wise primitive, the, you know, the Tarzan. Tarzan. Is is a good example. Right. There's actually a noble, I forget his name, but from Brave New World. Uh, Everyone lives in the city and then he's like Mm. from the middle, he's like from a primitive place, but he's the only one that can like live normal. I don't want to think about how long it's been since I read Brave New World. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I remember when I was a kid going to grandpa's house, my grandpa's house, and he'd always have some sort of whatever Fox was playing on and Sundays. And a lot of times there were eighties action movies or cowboy or westerns. And a lot of times they have some sort of mystical noble savage. Well, some of it's the Indian. Sometimes it's just the old coot okay. who they're more in tune with the land and they're wiser than, mm. I think that's just an interesting, again, okay, Tarzan is probably the best because he's, he's interesting just because. He was raised by animals and he's brutal, but he also is like Lord Gray Greystone? No, Grey.
1: I don't recall. Oh, but
0: yeah, like, begin book two, he's all dressed in a suit. He lives in England, but then he goes back. So he's like in both worlds. Uh huh. Um, which is yeah, kind you've, of interesting. You've re- I don't think I've ever read any of those. I know you've read a couple. I, at least the first one made part of another. And I, I wonder if that's kind of a Rice Burroughs thing, too, hmm. to, to move to, because, you know, like, Princess Mars is both sort of like, I not read it. But. Yeah,
1: but from what I've seen in John Carter Mars, yeah, it has kind of this mix of uh, nobility and and, and uh, not savagery, but um, masculine strength. I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember. It, it's been a while. So I, don't I would know. like to watch
0: that movie again. Actually, I but. don't
1: know if the if the females have that same sort of like inner strength, or that's just more something that we would have brought it to modern versions of it. That yeah, I have. i have not read Princess of Mars and should sometime. It would be interesting. We need to remember. I think it's been nominated for the book club. Yeah.
0: So, one we got to remember in the future. No, have you read the Jungle Book? I have not. Okay, not either. But I would like to know how Mowgli fits into this sort of hmm. layers of how nature... You know, because it might just be fun nature stories. I don't know. I've not read the original source. The actual
1: one, yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, just thinking about the Disney movie, I guess there is one where like they decided... No, the humans should be with the humans. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone kind of had in their own domain, which is interesting. It's not quite
0: noble noble savage, but it is a... Uh, civilization is... Humans were meant for civilization. In that yeah, case. yeah, basically. And that there's a there's a good influence there. Anyways, reading Call of the Wild brought these these ideas up that... And I don't know, I seem like older books have a more, or maybe I just haven't read enough modern books that has this idea, unless it's a dystopian. You know, unless mm. it's this idea that We need to restart. We need to reboot that somehow we've gotten too decadent. we gotten too tied up in our gadgets, in our stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Now, when I think back about pop culture, I'm trying to remember when some of these things like Hatchet or other books about kids out in the wilderness, when that would have tied into other things that were going on at the time. I don't remember when those came out exactly. I mean, I know the Davy Crockett. Um, miniseries that Disney Channel did was hugely popular and that inspired a lot of interest. And maybe there was some of this going on already a lot of interest in frontier, Mm -hmm. um, historical frontier kind of stuff. Um, and they're you know, that's similar, that's very Americana, classic Americana Mm -hmm. going out into the exploring the new
0: very Roosevelt,
1: yeah, (laughs) or or Lewis and Clark, like we talked about last time. Um, and I don't know if like there are other that these real life stories inspired some of these fictional books i don't remember the timeline there exactly. i don't I, I don't either i don't know when some of them came out i know when i
0: read them but that's completely right
1: different. i mean i guess survivor stories
0: have always been a thing well like i mean survivor the um well, real, no but i'm saying the part of the appeal of that is like what will people be when you strip everything else away Kinda, of, but it's also with the game show.
1: Well, reality okay, show I know, but aspect. I mean, some of the... Yeah, I agree. I've always been very skeptical about that part of Survivor. <laughs> like, it's like, really? How much are they really off off on their own when they've got camera crews all around? Okay, I
0: yeah, but you but you do get so. You, it's interesting to. I haven't seen it for ages, but interesting to see. Obviously, a lot of the game show and Cutthroat for that, but you also have this the stress of having these things taken away. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd say it's not a huge genre, but it has a genre that in some ways, I don't think it's completely gone away. There was a movie recently called Arctic with uh, what's his name? Mickelson. The guy who's a villain in a lot of things. He was a villain in Casino Royale and Doctor Strange. Basically, he's surviving out in the Arctic. I know it because it was a movie made by a former YouTuber. That was not too long ago. I remember back when I was in film school, there was that movie about the guy who like had his hand crushed in a boulder, oh, yeah. and he had to like, what was, it, what was that called? 128 hours something, or something like, that. like that?
0: So, I mean, because
1: Gravity like, is sort of a survival movie, even though it's yeah. not really a nature thing. Not but. really. But you do,
0: oh, oh, you get bits of that. I was just thinking of uh, The Martian. Mm, it's, yeah. You know, is basically, again, it's the survival story is the, probably the purest like man versus nature. Right. Basic plot. Uh-huh. But I wonder, does and sometimes it changes them. Sometimes it's just a foe, mm. you know. Like Hatchet tends to change, you know. Like some of these shipwrecks change change person. But sometimes it's just obstacles. And I guess the uh, that one Leonardo DiCaprio
1: movie a few years ago, oh, the, the Revenant, Red, yeah, which I never saw, but I know it's like about him versus a bear essentially. Yeah.
0: yeah, it is interesting. Well, I guess Castaway is sort of along those lines. Yeah, because yeah. Now, how, how does it? That story really is kind of about how it changes them. But what would you say was the influence? Because at the end, I more of my memory is more just that he feels lost back in the real world, yeah. Honestly, which is an interesting take and probably more realistic
1: than yeah. that. Yeah, Castaway is interesting because it is very much like a it has imagery that sticks with you. I mean, Wilson, yeah, but I, I remember feeling at the time kind of a, a so what aspect to it, <laughs> like one of these, like, like those stuff happened, but did Tom Hanks' character really grow, or is he just like kind of a sad husk of a man at the end? Yeah. It's, it's, it seems more of what
0: the end result was. Yeah, yeah. So um, less, less uplifting than Robinson Crusoe in well, some ways. Well, Robinson Crusoe is amazingly like, this is all for my, you know, take joy when you suffer trials of many kinds. I mean, that's <laughs> basically... <laughs> I guess that's a good point. <laughs> but what fascinates me is just like how, how it reveals human nature. And I think the... Man versus nature doesn't necessarily reveal human nature. Sometimes it's just, like, struggle for mm. without any change. I mean, like, know Lord of the Flies, it reveals, oh, man, these kids are horrendous. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, these guys are creative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's an interesting point, So the take out of all this, like...
1: You talk about the the basic plots and it sounds like you're boiling everything down to like really just formulae, but honestly, there's a great deal of variety in this kind of stuff. And what you say with how man and nature and creation, mm-hmm. what their relationship is, will reveal a lot about a creator's worldview, I think.
0: I think you're right about what's wrong with the world, what's right with the world, what we're meant for. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good wrapping place. All right, a r- wrapping place. I like that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh, this is where I would bust into a rap, but I have no <laughs> rapping skills. <laughs> nice. All right. I guess I will take the first soundtrack. my uh, soundtrack, I like to try to pick new games that I haven't picked a song from yet. And I thought, well, what would be better when to talk about nature and mankind than Cheetah Man 2? <laughs> Cheetah, Cheetah Man 2, which never existed, apparently. I was going to say, I had never heard of this. I never heard of Cheetah Man 1 when you said No this one thing. really. It's like an internet like <laughs> cult thing.
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
0: But like 2, I guess, was never finished, but a half-done one is available and... Apparently, the music was like a fan made. No, no, I think it was half done thing. originally. Oh. And then okay. they abandoned it, but people got a hold of it somehow. And, anyways, because <laughs> Cheetah Man, because you're half wild and you're half civilized, Cheetah Man. So that's uh, my reason. Yes. Anyways, this is uh, Living Large remixed by, he used to be known as another Sound Escape, but now he's known as, by his real name, which I will butcher, which is Matthias Hagstrom Gert. Swedish, I believe. Okay. Um, nice but, job, as far as I can tell. Yes, yeah, thank you. But I hope you enjoy. we're back hopefully you enjoy that uh peppy low song it was fun and now we'll move into
2: <laughs>
0: listener feedback
1: So you may remember, folks, when we did a sidetrack a few uh, months back, when we talked about our bookshelves, we invited you to send us a audio clip or video or what have you of uh, some of your bookshelf. And one of our faithful listeners did. Yay! And uh, she is actually probably our most beautiful,
0: uh, most devoted listener. Hey, now. And Natasha, listen, I had to argue with you. (laughs) But she doesn't. <laughs> but she doesn't, so you're good.
1: Probably because she hears you talking often enough anyway. Uh,
0: mostly, yes. Whereas
1: in my case, my fiance has been listening to our podcast in order to get years worth of backstory on me. The, the flashback. <laughs> yeah. it's. Uh, she has a little a bit of an unfair advantage that way, I think. <laughs> But that's okay. Um, And she was kind enough to send us a video about showing off uh, one of her bookshelves, and particularly she wanted to talk about uh, some of her Christian and spiritual books. And so here is her presentation.
3: Hello, Tim and Nick. This is the book collection of mine that I am most proud of. There are other books in the living room, but this is the one that I keep by my bedside. This is all of my spiritual stuff, spiritual reading. I am a church musician, so I have hymnals from a few different denominations. Things have picked up for you over time. The Catholic Heritage. That was a very interesting book to read about what um, people of the Catholic faith across the centuries have contributed specifically to the world. Hidden in here is a book of. Poetry, Gerard Manley Hopkins, which I have not read a ton of. Haven't run a, or read A Sacred Sorrow, Michael Card, um, but would like to. It's about lament, the value of lament in the Christian life. Uh, denominational hymnals, and all of my spiritual reading, much of which I have yet to read. Henry Nowen, Richard Foster, a book on Lectio Divina. A book about forgiveness, that's getting rid of the gorilla. Everyone Dies But Not Everyone Lives, that's about developing a rule of life. Coming Home to Your True Self is about um, self-examination. Hearing God from Dallas Willard, who is John Ortberg's mentor, probably a mentor to a lot of other people. Awakening Faith, a bunch of devotionals I haven't read. And uh, these four books here are all the same author Ruth Haley Barton. She designed the spiritual retreats that I go on. uh, Pursuing God's Will Together about discernment in a corporate sense. Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership is about leading from your soul, not just your head or even just your heart. Sacred Rhythms, that's the big broad overview book for the Deeper Journey group that I go on. A little bit spent on each discipline and invitation to solitude and silence is focusing specifically on how to be still with the lord something a little ironic about um having a book about being still but you know shaped by the word it's about how to prayerfully read scripture and then to Dietrich Bonhoeffer books i've read a little bit of the cost of discipleship I haven't read life together yet but they all look interesting anyway Go derailed trains of thought.
1: So there you go. Thank you, dear. That was very nice of you to uh, send that in to us.
0: I to say I'm super impressed by all the hymns, hymnals. I mean, it makes sense for it, but I've always, I think I have a hymnal on my bookshelves, on one bookshelf. But I always thought it'd be neat to read it, and just for like theology and stuff, and I never have, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's an interesting
1: idea. I guess it'd be kind of like reading, I mean, not quite the same thing as reading the Psalms, because it's not actually scripture, but
0: similar idea. Well, it depends on the hymnal. You either get good ones or bad ones. Well, I suppose that's true.
1: We should also shout out while we're doing listener feedback. Last time we did listener feedback, we had read a review that we got on Apple Podcasts, and then like I think it was like sh- just before the episode went out, I realized that there was another one on the an Apple Podcast, another review, which is really nice of you. So thank you to Sister Winter Thirty. Um, if you are a I apologize. I did not recognize uh, you directly by your writing style. <laughs> And I won't read it all now, but it's very complimentary. So thank you, Sister Winter, and th- thank any of you who want to uh, leave us a review, give us ratings, um, or just share us with your friends, or just share us around. Yeah, we we appreciate hearing from uh, from all of you. So thank you very much,
0: uh, Janelle and Sister Winter. And one nice thing about that review, you read it, is it says that they really enjoy "What If," which happens to be our next segment. What If. It's been a long time, it seems like, since we've done one If. It's been a while. We, we've been quarantined
1: and other things. That's true, because of quarantine. And we have a nice, we've expanded our repertoire or circulation of uh, second half segments, I feel like, which is nice. I, I do enjoy the variety. Yes, I concur.
0: So today we decided to go to kind of our, go to back to our standard um, pull things out of a hat. <laughs> it's it's helpful, but each
1: time we do this, we we do some sort of pull of the hat, we have a new scenario that we are
0: pulling for. <laughs> dun <Dun-dun. laughs> uh, Anyways, today we have two hats, actually. We've doubled the hats. <laughs> uh, it's like playing one, Mario Odyssey. One for each of us. Yes. But we will pick a random wilderness location that we, we both threw some in, and then a random Urban, civilized, civilized protagonist. Yeah, someone who's not normally in in out in the wild. And we
1: thought about doing it, doing some the other way, where we send a native to some civilized place. But then we realized that like those stories already been told. Yeah, there's not very many native characters where they haven't been thrown into civilization yeah.
0: somehow. So we'll just do it one way unless we get clever.
1: All right, Tim, give us our first locale. Okay, so I've got the hat of the locations. And our first one is Antarctica. Antarctica, all right. So, and you said we need to give them some... Something,
0: like, let's just assume they have... A coat. A coat, and... (laughs) A backpack? Do we we give them, like, a tent
1: or not? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know a lot about survival in Antarctica. Okay, let's give
0: them a backpack with, like attend
1: Uh, okay that's a a place to start anyway
0: but they're like they're just hundreds of miles from anything right okay i don't know how they wound up there but they at least have the very basics they need to survive and uh uh, we're um putting alice from alice wonderland oh dear in the arctic (laughs) oh dear (laughs) um how old is alice here uh let's say what what like 14 15 Okay, is that what is that traditional age for? Her? Is she younger, ten? 12? I th- I, w- I would have guessed younger, like twelve, like ten, but I don't know. It's Let's make her twelve? 12? Okay.
1: Twelve? Okay, it that seems like a good balanced. It depends on which version you're. Re- I mean, yeah, I think she's more ten in the in the book in the original books. Yeah, yeah. But there's been enough stories about Alice since then where she continues to keep going back and has yeah. lots of other adventures. I mean, once upon a time, Wonderland Alice basically became like full fledged adventurer. Yeah. By the time
0: she was. 18 or whatever yeah but. so okay so alice let's say she's 12 okay. uh, she apparently came out the wrong rabbit hole <laughs> okay <laughs> i feel like she just wants some tea and tea and crumpets yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, i think i i feel like the first thing she would do would be sit down and talk to her invisible cats
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> are we going <laughs> oh, with the...
0: oh dinah what am i going to do now curiouser and curiouser are we going with the theory here that Alice is insane? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But she always she ends up in Wonderland. She's like, man, this is strange. She's just like, she's never like actually like thrown off. She's just like, this is weird. No, that's like,
1: true. That's true. We just we were just talking about invisible cats. I don't okay. know if you were like imaginary animals or no, if you were talking about the chesh- like her, Cheshire cat or like
0: her t- Well, it could be it could be like. Oh, Cheshire cat, where. So I guess you could think she... there's a white rabbit, but just the snow. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, that's really sad, actually. <laughs> this uh, is a sad. What have
1: we done to poor Alice? <laughs> okay, maybe she can find a penguin. Okay, okay, maybe that, that, that puts a, a better spin on this. But, but maybe... did she kill it and eat it? I was just going with she befriends them. And okay, and dies of hunger. The... Well, maybe, maybe, they, maybe uh, they they help her if she befriends them.
0: They might get her some raw fish to okay. eat. Okay, okay, I can see. I you know I can completely see her sitting with her penguin, just talking to the penguins like. And they just I, kinda, I just miss home. I kinda just want to go home. And they Why just kind of here? they just kind of accept her as like, okay, yeah, sure. I have a feeling she might get some frostbit like toes and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Because Especially, she's not I'm, she's
0: not real.
1: I mean, I'm glad she has a coat on. I, I feel for her though, if she's still wearing her standard British
0: dress. Yeah, and this might be t- stereotypical, but is she gonna know how to put like her tent together very easily? Um I mean, she'd figure out eventually. She she would
1: figure figure something out. I feel like I've never seen March the Penguins, so I don't know if the penguins find some sort of shelter. Like, do they ever rest in caves or how? No, do they, they, they they shelter have, each other.
0: They just shelter each and other, and they like, they have switch out. I lots think. lots of feathers, okay. and I think like they move around so someone's always in the back. And it's like negative, I think it's like negative fifty when it's bad or something. Yeah, yeah, so. Poor Alice. I, I'm
1: not sure she's going to survive this unless she managed She's
0: just going to wind up talking to penguins and then freezing to death. Maybe some penguin will like, like slide down into some hole and she follows and she ends up in some sort of wintry wonderland. wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> in a winter wonderland?
1: <laughs> that was completely accidental. I didn't realize what I was saying until we, we slipped into that. <laughs> So, so or it's all a dream. Like she's going
0: frostbit. I hope for frost her,
1: bit. I hope, hope for her sake it is. So it's like not an actual adventure. I, feel I like, don't
0: see how twelve year old Alice is gonna survive this. No see, here's the thing. I don't see how she survives it, but I think she might enjoy it just as the same. <laughs> that's possible. Or at least it won't be horrible. At least
2: you know She may have
1: friends. She may not survive the night, but she had at least a nice day of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like twinkle twinkle oh, little man. penguin. Probably I, I apologize to any feminists out there that's uh <laughs> It's like sure Alice would survive. It's like, I don't know. She's a still
2: a 12-year-old. No. I'm not sure a 12-year-old boy would survive. Okay.
0: Some of the some of the movie Alices would survive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Some of them are hardcore. The the older, yeah, the older Alice from Alice Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. She'd do fine. Or oh, there was what, I, there was the sci-fi Alice. I think like she was pretty like Whacked out. Or, like uh, she could like fight and stuff. I, I wouldn't so be surprised. Might, yeah, ride a penguin back home or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All okay. right.
1: Next one. Oh. <laughs> I mine was. Antarctica, you had an Arctic circle. Okay, let's skip that one. Skip that one. Yep, okay. skip, yeah. We'll we'll just,
0: mean, we wanna look at it. will just toss it. You some, some I figured more. some might not might overlap. Yeah. The moon. The moon. So Okay, so spacesuit. Space, suit, space obviously. suit. And maybe it seems like we should give some sort of tent. Like some sort of space some sort of a base or some a, sort of like, like like a rover or how long were that the astronauts on the moon? They didn't stay over there overnight. I don't Think so? Or not very long? Not, not more than long, a day. No. So let's let's say maybe just a rover. Like you can just love your rover. Okay. But you can but you can get around then at least. Sure. sure. Okay. Who are we sending to the moon? I don't know. Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charlie Brown. I have a feeling oh all I can envision are like three panel comic strips of him looking at the Earth and like just saying really depressing things. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I think Snoopy
1: should be with him, though. I think Snoopy would be would be rescuing him somehow. The, yeah, I, I think, mean, we've had. I think there have been storylines when Snoopy went to the moon. You know, oh well, really? Well, in, in his, dreams, in, his, in yeah. his daydreams,
0: and some somehow Snoopy wouldn't be involved. I think. I have a feeling Charlie Brown left on the moon by accident, or however he got there, might just spiral into a depressive state of <laughs> like. Staring like, at the sky. Though he might look, look at the sky every once in a while and be sad and then have some sort of revelation about the beauty of nature or mm-hmm. God or something. Mm-hmm. So he can remember something Linus said about something. I can see that. He might be like, Man, I'm sorry, red redhead girl.
1: <laughs> I feel like the story would have been like it would have started with him Baroon, but eventually
0: Snoopy would rescue him yeah. and then it'd be all okay again. And, and it'd be and it'd be kind of philosophical and introspective, like Charlie Brown can be. Mm-hmm. But I think he'd find some beauty there. He'd probably like try to do some jumping, and like <laughs> maybe he tries to hit a football that someone left behind, right, and he exactly, just rolls over and over and over, and over, and over, and over again. Or at least he doesn't land as hard as he <laughs> usually does. <laughs> okay, someone doing these Charlie Brown and the Moon strips would be actually really good. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's do it. All right. All right. <laughs> Next, we've got Deep Jungle. Deep Jungle. I figure, okay, I need to get one of yours here, Tim. Steve Urkel, Steve Urkel in the jungle.
1: (laughs) Did I do that? He he
0: fell. He can't get up. Um, (laughs) I have a feeling it would not go well. Um,
1: (laughs) although you know it depends on how old Steve is. Like, because he was able to invent some pretty creative stuff as he got older. Like that might actually help him out a lot.
0: So maybe, maybe he'd be a sort of like like he would survive, but he'd get. He'd just be injured constantly or constantly, like, it's things being taken ten times longer than it should. I kind of feel like a, you'd have a Gilligan's Island sort of thing going on. I think that's actually a really good
1: comparison. <laughs> Where he would, he would make a pretty impressive, like, home base for himself, but, like, not think of the right sort of things to figure out how to actually get back to civilization.
0: Like, he gets bit by piranhas or he'd have, like, some sort of rash constantly, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he like he'd get his food and stuff, but it would always be,
1: and like if he if he could just figure out the the right practical thing to like make a compass or yeah. something.
0: I feel like there'd always be like some sort of like panther that would constantly like harass him. You know, it's like 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 the alligator in Captain Hook. Okay, but, you know, it's like like he's always avoiding it somehow, and it's like always this close to almost getting caught by this panther. Uh-huh.
1: Maybe he would he would try to befriend. Uh, uh, maybe there actually is some like natives in the area that he tries yeah. to befriend, and he just winds up just annoying them constantly. It <laughs> was head hunting
0: him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he wouldn't go tragic like he he like breaks his glasses like a Twilight Zone thing. He Uh-oh, can't see, dear. but no, we won't go. No, <laughs> so I feel I feel like he would have like a like a monkey partner. Okay, like who just hang out in his treehouse he made, or a parrot, or, or a parrot, or both, or both, sure. or a monkey with a parrot on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> a it's parrot strange. with a monkey on his shoulder? <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> so I actually I'd also watch this. I,
1: I would watch I think this it'd be a great sitcom. It'd be it's Smash Family Matters and Gilligan's Island together, and you've got that's TV that's genius. gold. Yes, right that is
0: gold. That would be fabulous. <laughs> so like so is the rest of the Family Matters there like they've kicked him out into his own treehouse because they get <laughs> he messed so much stuff up. I wasn't going quite that literally, but I suppose you could. <laughs> so so far we have a horrible story.
1: Alice dying in the Antarctic. <laughs> Charlie Brown being rescued by Snoopy on the moon. Nice. And uh, Steve Urkel living and uh, annoying a bunch of natives it's a, it's in the deep like, jungle.
0: So it's like Swiss Family Robinson plus, plus Urkel G- plus, shenanigans. Yeah. Gilligan's Island. Okay. I, li- <laughs> I like it. I, I, I'd i watch that. Yeah.
1: Fun stuff. All right. Uh, next one, you can tell me this is too similar. Deserted Pacific island.
0: No, we you got ocean and beach and stuff. Let's let's take it. Okay, okay. Well, maybe it'll be less, more rocky, less jungly. Like maybe there's okay. some jungle, but not a mix of terrain and
1: and yeah, there's kind of the isolation. Like Steve, if he had been smart enough, he Urkel, he could have he could have figured out how to get back to civilization. Here, you're just stranded. You're just stranded unless you can
0: make a boat. Yeah,
1: and what, a raft. We, any supplies that we're giving him giving this person
0: let's give him like some sort of tool okay like a axe or a gun or a axe seems like a let's good let's do thing. an axe axe that seems good, nice and practical because if it's, we'll say it's a tropical island so he can chop he down can, at least some trees and you're not going to i mean you're not going to freeze or anything yeah yeah so sir robert chiltern
1: <laughs> that, okay who is this again that is my character from oh, an ideal husband oh fabulous <laughs> So okay, so, so Robert Chiltern would uh, he would of course be very distraught at uh, being separated from his wife. So real quick, the for the audience, he's oh, sure. he's basically
0: a- aristocratic in an Oscar Wilde play s- play.
1: Yeah, so uh, Brit- and British and British aristocrats in the play, he's dealing with this blackmail thing. He's about, very proper. He's very proper, and he is uh, in Parliament. And, and all this stuff. Okay. So him being cut off from civilization, and be, he'd be pretty distraught from being cut off from his wife. But yes. But I feel- Would he wear his suit, like, just nonstop? <laughs> I would guess eventually it'd be hot enough. He'd take his coat off, but he'd probably
0: leave the cravat on. Okay. <laughs> yes. That's fabulous. And keep a journal. And keep it. He would definitely keep a journal. Yeah, oh, he, absolutely. He so he the first thing goes for. It, I need to find some ink.
1: <laughs> he he has to chronicle his escapades. So if at the very least, if he dies, people will know how how awesome he was at doing what he did. Yeah. After he would get over the initial shock of being deserted on a tropical island, I think he would become enterprising. He's a very driven individual. So okay. I, yeah. I th- I can see him basically trying to tame the the island to his
0: will. So would he be a Robinson Crusoe type? How would he differ from? I mean, would he try so? Would he have the try so many different things, or um, would he be more just like? I mean, would he civilize it, or would he just kind of like eke out an existence? You
1: know what? I feel like it'd be a little bit closer to the eking out. I mean, it's it depends on how long he like. I could see him really like going for the trying to get rescued thing. For okay, a while.
0: so he's for a long time he's just he's, bonfires and
1: anything to get noticed. Yeah, bonfires. Sending messages and bottles, whatever mm-hmm. you can yeah. do to get rescued. I feel like it would take him a while to get into the "Okay, I'm gonna have to live here long term" okay. sort of mindset. No, um, but at the same time, I f- don't think he would necessarily starve. He would figure out patterns, ways to sustain himself. So he
0: he he's he's motivated and he can just create a rhythm of life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and like I can even see. It'd be interesting. I mean, I don't know if
1: Oscar Wilde would agree with this or not, but I could see Robert Chiltern having a spiritual awakening through okay. the experience too.
0: Would he be at all witty during all this, or is that more his friend? That's more his friend, okay. to be honest. He's not the the dandy. Would he make a? Would he make like a not a constitution per se, but like a like, like a life statement? Like here's what my you know sort of since he was in Parliament and stuff, possibly like I mean, write out what like here's what my purpose in life is here. He would, and what yeah, I'm,
1: that would be part of his journal, I would guess. Okay. Yeah, if he's doing a journal, yeah, it'll okay. be part of that. All right, next location is an active volcano. Ooh, interesting. Um, how does someone? What do we? Someone need to survive at an active volcano?
0: I think like it's rumbling. There's lava some places, but it's not like explode. Oh, okay. But he will need. What do you think? Like a a suit or the a suit or a? I don't know how like close. A someone, like a shovel?
1: I don't know how close someone gets to an active volcano.
0: Well, you don't want to be on an active volcano. But right. I mean, like in theory, I'm I'm thinking kind of like it's a not like, like a but, small version of Hawaii. Like it's there's okay. lava and stuff, but it's not like okay. there's places you could be on the side of it. We're not talking a Mount St. Helens here. No, we're talking more like lava flowing from.
2: Okay, yeah. okay,
0: I got gotcha. you. So I don't know a shovel, uh, rubber boots, rubber boots. Yeah, rubber boots. I think of I would okay. say. I don't know what what do you do with a shovel? I don't. Know. I I come with the ice and I don't know make a little cave. <laughs> I don't know know how, I don't know. Okay. I'm making stuff up. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Who who are we sending there? George Bailey. From It's a Wonderful Life? from It's a Wonderful Life.
1: You always got to bring George Bailey into these things somehow. (laughs) Well, I thought he was very normal, so I thought it was worth
0: throwing him. He's very urban. fair enough. Um, huh. (laughs) I don't know how he would deal with that, honestly. I feel like
1: he wouldn't have a reason to stick around, to be honest. He would just... But how did he get away? Well,
0: is he on an island? I, I'm going to say most volcanoes are islands. Okay, so I'm going to say I'm, you got to have a way that he can't. Right, right. So maybe that's too close to the too island co- thing. And it's
1: another ocean, but that's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. what Okay, let's let's
0: say he has to survive for some reason. Maybe he's, let's say he's looking for someone. Okay. See, that would be a reason he would be there. Yeah, that's the reason he would be there. He's looking. He's trying to someone. So we'll we'll say then that he took a boat to this place, and, he's and he had a boat, and he has, he has to tried to find someone. And the meanwhile, it's going off. There's lava. There's okay. I feel like he was a boy scout,
1: wasn't he? A boy scout. Yeah, I think he'd be very resourceful. Yeah, I feel like he would have some some ideas about where to how to tra- do the
0: tracking, try to find. I feel some, like the, the like if he had to jump over something or if he's resourceful and great. I mean, he doesn't. Here's the thing. He always wanted to be a hero. like yeah, his that's brother. True. That is so he, true. Be, he, I mean, he'd probably throw himself maybe more than he should into it. I mean, here's the thing.
1: George Bailey in this situation would be quite different from the George Bailey we know, like, toward the end of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. Life. He'd be much more like— Because this sounds more like a George who got to do all the travel
0: that he had yeah. wanted to do. Okay, see, he was traveling. He had his, he had his, he, has, he has his case. He, he, he's actually probably pretty. happy. He's probably like living it up. Yeah, this is what I, this is what I came out here to the, do. The, the, the first guy who's like, yes, finally an active volcano. <laughs> 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 the alternate universe George Bailey. So I mean, a- be, adventurer. So it'd be kind of like um, Francis Ford. Co- no, 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 no. What's the director's name? Uh, oh, Capra, Frank Capra. Yes, Frank Capra. So it's like him doing a George Bailey story. When he's doing Lost... What is that other movie? Oh, Lost
1: Horizon? Lost Horizon. (laughs) You know, it's weird. It almost makes me think, like, if George Bailey had become this, like, traveling adventurer, would he have been... Like, it's almost as if, like, an Indiana Jones-type adventurer character just settled in a small town and became a bookkeeper.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, that's the alternate universe of what would happen. I kind of really dig that. So we could do, like, a... Okay, I'm just going off the survival thing completely, but (laughs) with how nature influences him, like... He becomes like, yeah. He goes off on these adventures, and he comes back and does the savings loan thing. Uh, and he just has all these artifacts so, in his room, and like his house, his house is full of, like all these artifacts from places. So it's like, how you know he's gonna rope the moon? So someday he's gonna go up. He's gonna you know go find Jules Verne, and they're gonna go to the moon. I love it. It's I, it's a, like a, a count it by by day adventure by night. I, that'd be great. Of course. No wonder he's your uh, he's your hero. Exactly. And and um. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart would be great.
2: Yeah. I I'd, I'd watch
0: I'd watch all kinds of episodes of
1: that. No kidding. Yeah. I, I just make, Jimmy Stewart did some westerns. He did a number of westerns, but I don't know if he ever was like a glow trotting adventurer. That would that would have been pretty cool. That would have been pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that worked out way better than I thought it should have. <laughs> I wasn't sure it would at first. I mean, we did have to ditch the whole like wilderness. Well, I mean, we yeah, took a but, d-
0: different vibe. But we've been on talking that. about how it affects a person, and so he he just lived it up. He seized the day.
1: <laughs> that's that's true.
0: That's so true. okay. So I'll, poor uh, poor angel never gets to get his wings. I guess. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone someone maybe, else who needs his help. Yeah, maybe maybe we, we wound up helping his brother. Who knows? So so random. So maybe adventure, and then every once with this angel shows up and like <laughs> tries to. Anyways, going. <laughs> it's like we, we need the, the George Bailey like uh, dime novel or uh or like comic I'm doing series. it. Here we go, <laughs> web series. Here we go. We'll do a web comic, George <laughs> Bailey as adventure. I I'd love to see you make this pitch to whoever is.
1: It's a Wonderful Life. That's that was RKO, wasn't it? I wonder if that's in public domain, or if you'd like
0: have to do a pitch to like whatever studio
1: oh, owns man. the rights. Okay, to
0: that. those artists or writers out there. I mean, I'm a writer too, but. Someone needs to do some format of Georgia Bay travels around the world. <laughs> oh, All right. That's amazing. All right. Rural Kansas.
1: All right. So basically, flat farmland. You think Indiana's flat. You haven't seen Kansas.
0: Okay, this is going to work. Nothing at S- the...
1: Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> See this... I've seen a gif of this very sort of thing <laughs> where Spider-Man is like, is hanging out on a barn or something and shoots a web and then jumps in and just lands flat on the ground.
0: <laughs> there's nothing to do. There's nothing out there in Kansas. That's he's going extreme. to take up running. <laughs> like, no, seriously, Spider-Man's powers. Is he a good runner? Probably. I mean, I mean, I
1: don't think he's he's no Incredible Hulk in terms of like leaping. Yeah.
0: But I imagine there's some of that. So a cross-country Spider-Man. I guess so. But and yeah,
1: silo to silo. Like would he he wouldn't even have necessarily a reason to use the web
0: shooters though. Just prob- to scare off cattle rustlers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean what what kind what crime is he fighting out there? <laughs> is he like visiting some long lost cousin and
1: <laughs> See, I, I wanted to send Spider Man to like the jungle or something like that. Kansas is like the one place I didn't want to send So it, okay, okay, anyway.
0: you have to make a comic okay. and it's Spider Man Kansas. What is the plot? Um What time period are we in, though? I don't know. I mean, are we like old West sort of Kansas? The West was farther out, though, wasn't it? Was it always? Well,
1: maybe not. I don't. I mean, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, w- I always think West being like west of
0: uh, probably there was some overlap. It's, it's, with Kansas. I mean, by the time you get Colorado, it's really weird. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, say say it's like Western Spider Man. Like he has okay, like, okay, I'm listening. He's, he's a, I mean, that'd be easier a in gun like gun slash gu- web slinger. I mean, that'd be easier in
1: Arizona or something because well, yeah, you get like Monument Valley and th- things like that. Although, I just had an image of Spider Man swinging off a cactus.
0: Those I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like his guns shoot webs, <laughs> you know?
1: Okay, yeah, sure.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. And he can, he can, can he like, I guess he, and can, he can, like, if, like, if, you know, there's the, like a stampede. You can just stand in front of the kid that's going to get stampeded, and then Simba doesn't die. Sorry, wrong thing.
1: <laughs> well, that's wrong. Yeah, comment. yeah, wrong,
0: wrong but. Um But no, you could do things like that. Like yeah, rather than
1: lassoing, just throwing webs to maybe it's probably more of that's probably more of what it is. He's probably using it more for like telekinesis as opposed <laughs> to like swinging around.
0: I mean, I don't know how much survival this is at this point, but oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Oregon Trail Spider Man. Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I was trying to think what what I was thinking with, like,
1: rural Kansas as a nature sort of setting. I guess I was just thinking in terms of, like, being out there and on the plane. And there's not a lot to do out there except for your thoughts. So I guess anyone who is stranded in rural Kansas would try to probably use the stars to pick a direction to go to figure out where they wanted to go. You might
0: find it relaxing after the hustle and bustle of, of New York. Of course, after a while, I probably miss the hustle and bustle. I'll be like, it is darn true. quiet
1: out here. <laughs> yeah. That is very true. <laughs> That's very true. So, how
0: would it affect him? Would he come back? I mean, would it be like, oh, thank goodness I'm gone. Would he come back like, oh, that was. I'm not just friendly neighborhood fireman. Like, there's other people out there. Yeah, I, th- I think he. Yeah, I think he would. He would have a
1: fresh appreciation for that. He might spend some more time in Central Park. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I, I see being out there that much time alone. Which I think is different from like being in, say, solitary confinement. Yeah. It's a different kind of alone because when you're out in nature. And I think he, he may have come up with a deeper understanding of himself. So he'd become like Superman. In some ways. I mean, I mean, since he's from... From, from Kansas. That, yeah. it, it's, kind of, it's kind of fitting. I mean, I guess a lot depends too on how old Peter Parker is at this point. That's if we're true. talking like high school Peter Parker or college age, young adult Peter Parker. That's
0: true. What he could come away with would,
1: would be kind of different. So. so
0: more introspective.
1: Yep. Do we have yep. time for another here? Let's do one last one. Let's go Arizona
0: Desert. Okay, Princess Peach. Princess Peach.
1: <laughs> Interesting. She's um,
0: usually not. I guess not in all the games. it's some of the games, she's like just waiting to be rescued. Right. Yeah. It, it depends on, depend on It does depend on the game. So what is she doing out there? I mean, so she's like just in the desert. Like She's not by civilization or anything. This is hard, because I don't know Like Princess Peach has that much character development. No, she can't make a cake. <laughs> no. Um, no. I mean, but, but I the guess the thing is, it, devel- it's going to develop her into a real character. You know, it does depend,
1: though, somewhat on the game. There's some of the Paper Mario games she's captured, but she finds clever ways to, like, interact and help Mario while she's in the bad guy's lair.
0: Maybe she'd do a little bit, like, not crazy, like... You know, f- crazy French lady, but maybe she get a little more, just like not fair, but like free, wild, hmm. like r- discover her independence. Okay, she finds, you know, like she starts off and it's hard, and she's has no. And Then she finds some water, and then she probably, you know, tears her dress. So it's yeah, you know, her, her
1: dress can't stay quite as immaculate anymore. It has to be she has probably yeah,
0: tear it down to just the minimum. That yeah, you can more get like away with. well, you know, and then.
1: I'm sure she's got petticoats under
0: there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, like you do Mario Kart, she's, she doesn't drive in her dress normally. No, that's true. That's true. Well, um, but yeah, maybe she she really... Especially if she,
1: she's on a motorcycle. She's all
0: tan. I mean, she gets all tanned and burnt out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her hair's just... She cuts it super short because it's just a hassle. Does she have something to cut her hair with? With her machete we left. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot to
1: give her We got to give her...
0: I figured out she needs some sort of... Let's give her a knife. A knife? Okay. Or, or some sort of blade. Yeah, so she can slash open cacti, oh, yeah, which she feels bad are. about because, you know, sometimes those desert levels... They probably those... have eyes. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's, like, super freaked out that, like, nothing, like, has eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no blocks.
1: Uh, at least she's, she's used to, like, snakes and things like that she's
0: not really scared of any
1: of the... No, she wouldn't be scared of any of the creatures. I mean, her kingdom is full of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So that wouldn't be a problem. She could if she needs to climb up some of the monuments or, or some of the rocks, she doesn't have an issue with that. I know, and no, she can kind of float when she jumps, like in Mario. Yeah, 2. that's
0: true. That help, that might help her with on some if there's like super hot I, sand. I, I feel like like she stayed out there long enough, she she would become like a. Like a legend for people around there, like a Bigfoot sort of legend, but like but, you know, at the it's, same time, it's, it's the desert princess. I
1: feel though, at the same time, since she's gone through a lot of traumatic things without ever really losing her sweetness, I feel like it, it wouldn't change her too much now. I think about it, she, oh, she'd become yeah. more
0: independent, but I feel like she'd still be this
1: pretty sweet.
0: And I feel like when she got back, she'd gentle. just go back to being her old. Yeah. Like Mara, she like, like she, she,
1: she acts like nothing
0: nothing happened. Nothing happens. Like, yeah, that's fine. Like Morrow comes, like, oh, okay, I guess we'll go home now. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. That'd <laughs> be kind of awesome actually. She's out there, she's doing all this like crazy stuff. Then she goes back. She's like, Hey Mario, you want me to make you a cake? <laughs> you know. That's kinda of, actually that's I kinda of like that. So That's it doesn't fun. change her, it just gives her another side another of herself later. and then yep. she's yeah. Yeah.
1: Like I said, she's she's been kidnapped often enough and she's become used to it. So yeah, she's like, it's whatever. it's just an,
0: it's just another day. Yep. Another day in the life of a princess. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I feel like she would make a castle out in those like you know, where they have the the Indian ruin, you know, the oh, the, okay. the she would make some sort of castle in the side of a rock wall. Fun. And just yeah. Fun stuff. All right.
1: Well, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed our What If today. Uh,
0: yes, I enjoyed it. So, Tim, it is time to wrap up. He's getting a little rowdy in here. Maybe we'll go out and look like look, look, there's some sort of bet going on. They're going to have some sort of a contest. I don't know. Oh, dog's pulling us. Dog tr- sled? Something, yeah, but it's, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff on that sled. Okay, Interesting. I this, they be. said, like, like just tons of money are on the table, but we'll see. Wow. Could be an interesting event. Yeah. So, we, yeah, let's get out there. So, let's finish Okay. This yeah, here. we'll wrap
1: this up. Um, thank you for listening to Derailed Trains of Thought. If you want to check out our website, that is at derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com. You can uh, listen to us also on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. And like we said earlier, feel free to leave us a uh, review and rating. It does uh, help more people find our wonderful madhouse of storytelling nonsense.
0: And if you have, you know, a response to one of our previous questions or uh, even just a question for us, like a topic you'd love to see us cover, email us at uh, trains at gmail.com. And let's leave them with a question again, Tim. Okay. We can do that more.
1: Oh, you know what? Well, let's use one of, we'll pick, a, we've got two names here in the hat that's, we
0: have not used yet.
2: We've okay. Not used yet, so.
0: Give them both of them or one of them?
2: Um,
0: pick your favorite.
1: Pick my favorite. Let's do Mary Poppins.
0: Mary Poppins.
1: Mary Poppins. And you can pick any of the locations, nature locations that we used before or come up with one of your own. Yeah, tell us. Write us a little, a little paragraph story and we'd be happy to share it. Uh, that'd be cool. For my soundtrack today, because I have the closing soundtrack today, I mostly picked this because I had been listening to the OC Remix album, "Hometown Heroes." Oh, good album! Town, which is—it's a fun album. It's like basically a bunch of town themes from uh, RPG games. It's fun, nice thing to listen to in the car when, if you're especially if you're just going around driving around mm-hmm. town. And this got stuck in my head recently, and it's one of those songs that you don't really mind being stuck in your head because the chorus is just that catchy. But this is called "Home Again. It's a remix from Sukudin Three by Jurito and Earth Kid. My connection to our actual topic here is that if uh, the Cheetah men were the the wilderness, being home is the civilization. I agree. I think that's a good balance there. so you know this it's nice to to come home again. and uh, the lyrics of the song kind of reflect that. So hope you enjoy. It's pretty chill. Um but I think that's all we got. All right? Yep. So uh this has been Nick. And this is Tim. Adios. Bye bye.